This is the FCB Radio Network. Hands up for the outlaws, north, south, east, coast to the Cali shore. Cultivating conversations get you on board. Flooded the avenue, now we're thinking the world's ours. Shout out to King Ken, we know you mastered this. Jessica Lavish, nothing on some lavish. E Wills, they doing the big. Don't reminisce about the radio game, cause it'll never be the same. Welcome to the outlaws. This is the King Ken alongside Jessica Lavish and E Will. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio and follow us on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. We have a packed show for you here today, so we're going to get right into it. The first guest on the show is from Gray's Anatomy, Jason George. Welcome to the program, sir. What's up? How you feeling? We're doing good. We're doing good. So uh, we're going to jump into a couple of topics here. Uh, talk about the experience on uh, being on Grey's Anatomy and what that's been like. Man, come on. <laughs> in, in the world of winning the lottery, being on, uh, any, being on any show is winning the lottery. Being on the Shonda Rhimes show is winning the lottery of lotteries. Um, because you can be on a show and have a boss that doesn't care about your family, doesn't care about what your life is like. But Shonda's definitely of that, you know, that new school. And I, and I believe that there are others, you know, like J.J. Abrams, for all I've seen. And I've, I've worked for other people that were like that, who truly believe that you can do good and do well at the same time. So that's, that's on the personal tip. Uh, in terms of the work, Shonda Rhimes and her writers are so mad smart. They write words that are, you love to say, uh, they give you stuff that you're like, really, we going to go there? And, uh, and so for an actor, it's like an actor's dream, the stuff you get to do. And then on top of it, on the personal side, they actually create an atmosphere. Everybody loves coming to work. It's a great set. We have a good time. Uh, they try and make sure that everybody has a chance that, you know, if there's something you're trying to really dying to do, she'll try and she'll bend over backwards to make it happen. Cause she believes that, you know, happy people at work or, you know, produce better work. And so, for me, I just wish more of Hollywood picked up her lead. You know, I mean, she she's the one who, she wasn't the first showrunner to really put significant diversity in her shows, but uh, I will say she more or less perfected that. I mean, because everybody is in ride, riding her model right now. We're talking with Jason George here from Grey's Anatomy. You know, the, the election's on everybody's mind, so just talk a little bit about... Um, who you're, who you're supporting, why you're supporting them, and, and so on. Yo, look, I have, I have been a supporter of Hillary Clinton's from uh, early, like from the primaries, and I could not be more emphatic about it now. I mean, if you've even been near TV or radio, you've seen the meltdown that's happening on the other side, and it's because when you, when you if you build an entire campaign built on dividing the country and separating people, then uh, and, and hatred and fear, then I got to believe that's going to fall apart eventually because I fundamentally don't believe that's who we are as a people. Um, we're, we're at a time right now in this country where I feel like there's a lot of uh, people see it as unrest. I, I'm more optimistic than that. I see the whole social justice movement, all of that, as people getting honest. You know, you know what I mean? Right, uh, right. People are refusing. People are refusing to kind of accept the way things have been, and so. They're speaking out what they really, what they truly believe. And for me, Hillary Clinton got in the race. Uh, her, the speech that she used to announce that she was running for president was a speech about the need for social justice reform, uh, acknowledging that there's institutional racism, talking about implicit bias, all these things that, for lack of a better phrase, Trump and the people he runs with, Rudy Giuliani, can't even bring themselves to say the words Black Lives Matter in that order. And for me, 
that's a problem. Because if you can't diagnose that problem, how can I possibly expect you to help me fix it? And so the fact that Hillary came in the race that way, to me, made a real statement. And then the more I found out about her, the more I found out she's been she's been involved in essentially social justice and equality and uh, being on the side of mothers and children since the beginning. I mean, you know, when she was in her 20s, you know, fresh out of law school, she uh, she went undercover. <laughs> she went undercover to help expose uh, a plot in Alabama to resegregate schools using the private school system. Basically, young white kids would get vouchers to get into the private school, but black kids would not. Next thing you know, all the public schools would be black and brown kids, and the private schools would be all white. Uh, and she went undercover to help expose that. So from the beginning, she's gotten it. And she's also understood, you know, gun violence is something that we've truly got to get around to handling because, you know, it disproportionately affects black and brown people. So for me, that's been uh, a huge piece of um, why I started supporting her from the get-go. Then you get down to, like, you know, she gets that, uh, you know, she gets that, you know, college needs to be affordable. She wants kids to be able to go to college and not have to be sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 in debt when they get out. She was trying to make that but make a real plan that could go forward. You hear nothing about that from the Trump campaign. So there's a number of things that, for me, uh, that she gets the needs of where people are at today, and she also gets the, the, the social and cultural issues that we're dealing with today. So for me, that's why I've been out, you know, going. And the more I found out about Trump, to be perfectly honest, the more it's become a mission. I was pro-Hillary, but I've become vehemently, <laughs> vociferously anti-Trump. Uh, just as, you know, I mean, it, it's real, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, and so it, it's, um, I, I, I've just been on a personal mission that, for me personally, I have a, I'm disgusted by the idea that he thinks that because he's a billionaire, if he's a billionaire, which, by the way, I, I don't know that he is. I mean, I know he lost a billion dollars, but I don't know what he's worth right now because we have no tax returns to talk about it. Um, but I'm just disgusted at the idea that he thinks because he is wealthy that he feels like he can, that he must be right about everything. That because he's wealthy, he feels like he can do anything, which is another version of what we're seeing show up now with these women that are showing up. He feels like he's entitled to this. And for me, that, that, I just find that disgusting. So for me, I'm like, no. I get that you're wealthy, and that's all well and good. I will never begrudge anybody the money they've earned or were born into. But that don't make you better than anybody else. And it certainly doesn't mean that you don't have to earn this job. You have to earn this job, and you can't do it by sowing seeds of fear. For me, that's the problem. I, I, I need people uniting people. That's what Barack Obama did was talk about trying to unite people as best he could. And I think Hillary Clinton will do more of that. We're talking with Jason George. Absolutely. <laughs> from Gray's Anatomy, and E. Will has a question for you. Okay, so in doing some... Did I get you up in the pulpit? No. (laughs) No, we... we, You know what? We've uh, been on this ride for the election for the last, you know, few months, too, and we've ranted and raved as well, so we totally understand where you're coming from. Even as far back as when he first even announced that he was going to be running for president, and everybody thought it was a joke. You know, we had a lot of fun at his expense (laughs) back then. (laughs) <clears throat> yeah, I, I thought it was a joke, too. I thought it was hilarious. I still have friends who are convinced that he's a plot, that he was a plant from the Clinton campaign <laughs> to help make sure that Clinton, Hillary won. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, he's, he's secretly in there because he's such a horrible candidate. No way he will, and yet, here we are. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so in doing some of my research, uh, I mean, I've, I've 
seen a lot of your work and whatnot personally. Uh, but I was looking at your Twitter the other night and I noticed the tweet that you had put out. It was something about <clears throat> uh, the dedicate your no Trump vote. Um, I took some time. I, I did read your dedication um, and I really enjoyed reading oh. that. Um, for those who don't know what the dedicate your no Trump vote movement is about, explain to us what it is and who you dedicated yours to and why. Well, friend, you know, my wife, Vandana Kana, is a poet, uh, and she's uh, she's East Indian. She's an immigrant. She came here when she was two. She, her friend, Juliana Baggett, created a website called Dedicate Your No Vote, Your Your, your No Trump Vote. Uh, DedicateYourNoTrumpVote.com. And uh, it's basically a place where you go and you explain why you are dedicated, why, why you are dedicated to voting no to Donald Trump. Uh, I, I explained to you why I'm in favor of voting yes to Hillary Clinton. But my no Trump vote was, you know, I was raised by a single mother. Uh, I'm one of three black boys. She had three black sons. And statistically speaking, you know, uh, the, the big statistic everybody throws out is one in three black men will be in jail during their lifetime. So theoretically, one or my, one of my mother's two other sons should be in jail. And yet we're not. Uh, one, I'm disgusted that that, that, ex- that statistic exists. But then on top of it, um, the reason why I think in certain instances why it doesn't and why I believe it truly can break down is because there are mothers and fathers, but definitely mothers out there, who are just getting it done, just sacrificing the, themselves. My mother working two jobs at one point in time, a single mother, you know, making sure that they personally break what, you know, what's what they call the school-to-prison pipeline, you know, that for a lot of, a lot of black youth, you know, you go to school and disproportionately get in trouble in school, you know, and just like it is in the ultimate, you know, law enforcement system, a black child may be disciplined more harshly for the exact same offense than a white child. And next thing you know, they get expelled from school sooner. And next thing you know, they're on a track for ending up in prison. Um, that, that stops with parents, first and foremost. Then that stops with, you know, single mothers, if they happen to be single mothers or parents. Any way you cut it, you need that village, and you build around them. My mother put people around us that were fantastic human beings. You know, my Aunt Montrose ran the preschool that we went to. She was in our lives. She's still in our lives. You know, my children, I still bring them to see her when we get back in Virginia. It's that those people break that down because they recognize that it takes all of us to raise some kids. And so I dedicated my No Trump vote to people breaking the school-to-prison pipeline, uh, especially the mothers out there, but also the, the civic leaders, you know, like your Hillary Clintons, like, you know, your elected leaders who get that there's work that needs to be done in the school and education system, but the individuals in the community, parents, you know, the, the, the aunts and uncles, whether they're blood or adopted aunts and uncles, who know that they need to be there for kids to help break that cycle. And uh, so that's who I dedicated my Trump, my no Trump vote to. So let everybody know how to get in contact with you on social media, your Twitter handle and all of that good stuff. You know, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at Jason W. George on Twitter. And I believe on uh, Instagram, I think I'm Jason Winston George. All right. Thank you so much, sir, for spending some time with us. We really appreciate uh, you coming to do our show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank Good you, Jason. Oh, it was good letting y'all let me talk at you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of The Outlaws. The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. More than 5,000 kids and teens in this country die on the streets each year. They die from disease 
abuse, and even suicide. And they are dying right here in Northeast Ohio. And the sad thing is, they don't have to end up as a statistic or be miserable and hurting. Because caring people like you can help them with a donation of time, money, or outreach supplies. We are Stand Up For Kids, a national 501c3 not-for-profit. The mission of Stand Up For Kids is to help homeless and at-risk kids and youths under age 24 improve their lives. And volunteers and donors are the ones who carry out that mission in cities across America. There are three ways that you can help our cause. By providing supplies for homeless kids, by volunteering, or a cash donation. Think of the young people in your own life. Nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, and grandkids. Now think of them alone on the streets. Would you want someone to help them survive and give them hope? Visit us online at standupforkids.org slash Cleveland. Welcome back to The Outlaws. This is The Kingpin alongside Jessica Lavish and E. Will. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio and follow us on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. And we have a guest on the show. This is a pleasure for all of us. We've been fans of her work for a very long time. Yes. Uh, she was on Living Single. She was on The Cosby Show and a whole lot more. We are blessed to have Miss Erica Alexander here on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm glad to be invited on the Outlaw Show. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is a pleasure. <laughs> All right. We appreciate it. So the election is on everyone's mind. Uh, we have, what, a few weeks now until uh, until it's time to vote? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. And um, if you're in Ohio, you know that the, uh, it's already started early voting, and um, very important. We've got all sorts of things to talk about and to vote for, including, you know, the voting rights laws, um, throwing people off the rolls. And, and in Pennsylvania, they've got the same problem and a lot of issues on the table. So, yeah, it's, it's almost time to vote in, in several other places. Right. And so we know that um, you have made uh, your support known of uh, supporting Hillary Clinton. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why did you come to the conclusion that Hillary Clinton was the person that you wanted to support for president? Um, I have been her surrogate for nine years now, and I have been able to see her over time. I, I supported her because I liked her experience. A lot of people know me from living single, but uh, if they knew a little bit more about my background, they might understand how I think. Um, I'm, the, I'm from Arizona. Mountains. I was born in Winslow and raised in Flagstaff, Arizona. Both my parents were orphans. I'm one of six. And uh, my father was my kindergarten preacher. And we didn't make uh, much money or have much growing up. We were called the working poor. We used to dumpster dive for cans uh, and to recycle, to, to make the rent, and uh, to make uh, any extra spending money. And that's how we lived our lives. And uh, at a certain point, he changed from a Church of God in Christ to Lutheran, and they sent him to the seminary because he um, had six kids, and they had a uh, health care plan. And I got to go to the big city and start to see all sorts of different things. And uh, one of the things I did is I went to an all-girls high school, and they taught us, our instructors, male and female, that you should look out for people in Blueprint and um, follow those people and, and see um, to see how they work and also to, to gain instruction. And Hillary Clinton was, from, from a very very early age, uh, I was fascinated with her. She was a Scorpio, which is cool. But she <laughs> was, um, at the time, first lady and then and then senator in New York. And I was just in New York. But I had been raised by people like her my whole life. 
um, whether it was uh, instructors or my mother or people who were like my aunt, I said we didn't have much family. They were tough women who could take a hit, but were always seen as either angry or being, um, you know, closed or cold. And I knew them that not to be the case. So here was this woman who, to me, was seen the same way. But to me, she was very much like me and the people who I admired. So I liked her immediately, and I followed her. And, of course, when she ran for president, I was down to, um, to be with her. I know her record is strong, trying to keep black uh, young men out of prison, juveniles, getting them out, working with the Children's Defense Fund with Marion Edelman, sorry, Marion Wright Edelman. She was down being undercover in Alabama, trying to start out the academy. She was trying to go around uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. She got eight, she got eight million children health care in the 90s. She did tons of amazing work, including Queen Cookstone in Africa for millions of people because she saw that they were having respiratory diseases and blowing up in their faces and burning them. So we get caught up on all sorts of other things. So I love what she's done. I like the work she's done. I admire her work. So I admire the woman. All right. We're talking with Erica Alexander here, and Jessica has a question for you. So, Ms. Alexander, if you had to persuade a voter who is like, you know what, I'm not going to vote, or I don't know who to vote for, what would you say to them to make them vote for Hillary? Well, thank you, Jessica. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think right now everybody has to be responsible for their own life. And right. I think you should get excited about your life. And I think that change is a two-way street that um, we don't, we haven't earned the right to sit this out. I was just posted up on my Facebook a uh, video by Fannie Lou Hamer, who's dead now, who was registering, registering to vote in Mississippi and got arrested and was beaten viciously. Wow. Black and blue, her kidneys destroyed, um, um, wow. back messed up. And she was just trying to get the right to vote. This wasn't that long ago. Because of how frustrated we are. Yeah, well, you know what? The rest of the world is frustrated, too. They're running for their lives. They're refugees. There's people who have no homes. Here we are. We have our Starbucks thing that we buy. to relative um, uh, possibility. And we sit here often and forget what got us here. Who sacrificed for that? And so I say get up. Get excited about your life. Get excited about what's in front of us. President Obama did a fantastic job. Affordable Care Act in front of us. There's a lot of things to do. we got to protect the legacy that he put in. We want to talk about mass incarceration. Do something about it. There's Black Lives Matter. A lot of this stuff that we talk about the president does, they need help on the local level. We need to know who our superintendents are. We need to know who our local sheriffs are. Congressman, it's really affecting your lives. Right. Get excited about your life and get involved. You have to. If you don't, then not only will you not complain, it's going to affect you. So I'm saying to any young person or anybody who's on the fence, you have not, I'm sorry, I'm just with all due respect, have not earned the right to sit there and do that. You have got to get up and mm-hmm. be a part of it. Be excited about it. The sun is shining, the universe is tilted, the sun our way. Let's keep going. Absolutely. So we're talking with Erica Alexander here. And uh, I would be remiss if, since we're having this election conversation, if I didn't ask you a question about uh, Mr. Donald Trump. Uh, (laughs) Just your thoughts on this past couple of weeks and all the stuff that's been coming out and all the craziness that's happening. And I think that ties into what Jessica uh, was asking, because a lot of people feel like like this – this election season has been so divisive that it's turned a lot of people off that are like, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with either of them. So just give your thoughts a little bit about what's been going on. Again, that's a cop out. I mean, just because you may not like something that's going on doesn't mean that you say that you that it's the lesser two evils. As far as I'm concerned, Hillary is the best of the good. 
and she's out there doing the work. She's been out there for 40 years laying it down. Good about bad or ugly, she got, if she got caught, she got caught trying. Get caught trying. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing, but right now, in where we are with Donald Trump, we know who Donald Trump is, and we have to decide who we are. That's what Hillary says. And look at what Sean Obama. She did so wonderful talking about this, this so-called talking about this everyday locker room talk as an insult and be sitting in everywhere. Did you see her speech? If they saw her, their speech, they'd rise up and say, that's not who we are. It's not normal. This is not politics as usual. It, it is disgraceful. And, and, and we have to honor those who are in the fight trying to do better every day. And again, we look at our local politicians, but those are our teachers too, people who work in unions, the people who clean our streets, the, the people who take care of our children. What are we going to do for them? Are we just going to look at it as a selfish act? No, this affects everybody. It does take a village, but apparently it takes a nation to do this. It's going to take a nation and world to stop what we, what I think is, is about as low as, as uh, behavior can go. So this is not about Hillary or Donald Trump. It's about who you are. It's about who we are as a nation and what we want for the world. So I think that um, Michelle Obama and her amazing, powerful speech said it the best, and certainly there's a lot of great people in this race saying it. But enough is enough. We just need to respect each other, lift each other up, and celebrate our diversity and get to work. All right. Uh, we have about a minute left. I know that you're uh, very busy and we appreciate again uh, you spending some time with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. But real quick, uh, let's talk a little bit about you, what you got going on, uh, projects you're working on <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, thank you. You know, I've been on Queen Sugar. I did a couple of three episodes there with Ava DuVernay, who's an uh, amazing uh, executive producer. And the cast is strong and people seem to be enjoying that. And that's great. I'm also a comic book creator. I created a comic book with uh, Tony Perrier called Concrete Park, the best American comic. Last year, uh, Forbes said it was one of their 10 best graphic novels. Um, we're working hard, hustling, you know, every day. I, I try to learn new skill sets. One thing to be an actress, and I've been an actress for 34 years now, but I'm trying to teach myself new skill sets to remain relevant. So that means also um, um, challenging myself to push beyond my limits. And so if, if everyone wants to know how, uh, you know, that world goes, it's like any other world. It's, you know, you, you never master it. I'm on a new series called Beyond, which is on Freeform, which was the ABC Family Channel. It's going to be out in 2017. I'm on Last Man Standing. I'm really very happy for the support that people have given me, not only living single in the Cosby Show, but all these years. I get such love going out on the street. And I just want to tell everybody right now, be able to discuss these things with you or even have that shot is because of the love that I receive. And I, want, I just want to give everybody um, the, the respect and, and say I so appreciate it. it, it, it does, I'm grateful and it, it doesn't go unnoticed. Absolutely. Let everybody know how to get in contact with you on social media. Yeah, E-Alex is great. Um, you can get me at Twitter. I'm Erica Alexander on Facebook. And um, Eric Alexander the Great on um, Instagram. And thank you so much for everybody who has hit me up. I'm not uh, I'm not the, the most savvy person. I'm with Tashina Arnold, and she was Periscope, and she was saddling with Roland Martin and all that. <laughs> um, you know, maybe I don't have those skills yet, but I'm trying. So thanks, everybody. Um, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with us uh, yes, on the show. We you. really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation, and thank you so much. You guys are the future. You're the beginning and the end, all the rest in one, so thank you. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of The Outlaws.
The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. This is the Kingpin from the Outlaws Radio Show. And we know you love the show, right? Of course you do. That's why you're here. So if you want to hear more of our show, make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes. This way you never miss an episode. You get to hear all of the crazy things that Jessica, Eric, and myself talk about along with our interviews with everybody who's anybody. So make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes and visit our website, outlawsradioshow.com. Make sure you bookmark it. Peace. Welcome back to The Outlaws. This is The Kingpin alongside Jessica Lavish and E. Will. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio and follow us on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. And getting back to the packed show that we have today, there is a young lady that's going to be joining us on the show who made a lot of noise, caused a lot of, stirred up a lot of stuff this week. She had a, a tweet storm against Donald Trump that went viral. I mean, and I mean viral. It was all over the place. And I also happened to know this young lady, so I couldn't wait to get her on the show. Mary Beth Glenn, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us on the show. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. What motivated you to do that tweet storm? Was there something that was like, okay, this is the last straw, or had this been building up over time? You know, it had been building up over time, and I think uh, on Friday after that tape drop, I remember saying to myself, there's no way that any Republican will be standing beside him come Monday morning. And so when I got home from work Monday, saw that that was clearly not the case, and so I flipped open my laptop, and I went venting, and then I slammed it closed within, you know, an hour or two. I had... uh, people, friends calling me, you know, oh my gosh, you need to go on and and read so-and-so's Twitter, and uh, Sophia Bush retweeted you from Chicago PD, and Deborah Messing, and I mean, it was insane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I saw Mark Ruffalo pop up, and I just about lost it. So. <laughs> I right. called my nephews. I was like, the whole just retweeted me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Leah, talk about, like, what has your week been like? I know this has been crazy. You've been all over CNN and, and doing all kinds of interviews. What What has your week been like? Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I went to work on Tuesday, and uh, I immediately had... Um, a bunch of requests came in for media, and it was funny because right at first I had a request for MSNBC and then CNN Newsroom, and the CNN Newsroom was at one fifteen that day, and um, I remember like emailing her back. I was like, "Hey, you know, sure, I'd love to do this, but I need to ask my boss if I can have off yet." And she was just like, "Why are you at work?" <laughs> <laughs> So um, I went in and talked to my boss, and he was awesome. And, uh, um, I mean, he just told me, no, go home, do your thing, make us all famous. And um, (laughs) So I left work and had, I think, four interviews before I even um, got to the MSNBC one. I ended up having just all these Skype interviews and phone interviews, and um, by the time... I even went to NBC. I think I had my um, 
second day almost completely booked with interviews. Just, oh, wow. Um, Elle, Elle Magazine, Esquire ran a story. Um, who else? I mean, it was crazy. I've had Huffington Post. I had Vox. Um, and Vox was actually incredible, and so is Elle, because I, I really made it clear that I didn't want it to be so much about me walking away from the party and more about showing a different side to the conservative you know, the conservative tone that's being preached right now. I wanted to give the, you know, a better view of conservatism. And they both, incredibly, um, put that in their article. And uh, so we had a lot of leftist readers that were reading about how, you know, Donald Trump is not a conservative and that I don't think he represents conservatism. And uh, they also put this in there about Evan McMullen. So it was just very impressive to me. Wow. Now, I I do know uh, also from personal experience, I I wrote my first article at the Huffington Post about you and your situation. And, you know, I had been been with him for a little bit, like a a couple of weeks or so. And I was like, man, I got to figure out, you know, what story am I going to use, you know, to kick it off? And it just so happened that, you know, this happened. And I can tell you that story blew up the art. (laughs) So you've been like trending all over the place. So that's been pretty cool. Oh, I'm happy. I think it's like really cool that you stood up for women, girl power. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's one of these things where you know I'm, you know, whenever people would ask me if I was a a feminist, well, I'm sorry, my speech is blurred. Whenever I was, you know, they'd ask if I was a feminist, I'm like, I'm very classic feminist, old style feminist, and we can't let people throw us back as uh, Donald Trump would like to see, right. so, in my personal opinion. <laughs> right. So has there been any backlash to uh, what you said? Well, uh, I think PJ Media, I didn't read the entire thing, but apparently a woman through PJ Media wrote a pretty scathing article about me where like, she called me an Olympiite that was raised in a nunnery or something like that. So, which I kind of left off, but my friends were super defensive. Yeah, I I, I saw that. I was they, not happy about they that. They did not find that funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, and actually I saw it through them, and I just went on there and quickly scanned it. And then I was like, why am I even reading it? Because, you know, why should I, you know, put so much stock into something like this? Yeah. So uh, that was pretty um, – that that was an interesting time. I've also, um, <laughs> I've also had a lot of guys on, on there come back and say that uh, I'm the reason why the 19th Amendment shouldn't have been passed. Oh, and yeah, I, I saw this fun. crap. So there's this thing <laughs> trending, for people that don't know, there's this thing trending for people, uh, what is the hashtag, repeal the 19th or something like that, the 19th yeah. Amendment, which is what gave women the right to vote. It's like, so... Let's we're going to go against this woman who's saying that Donald Trump is saying all of these bad things about women by saying we don't want women to vote. That's brilliant. Right. I just wanted to be like, thank you for proving my point. <laughs> you know, and I had uh, I had one guy who seriously reached out and he's like, um, don't you want to be a dutiful wife? Go home. And, you know, I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, and then another guy told me to oh get back gosh. in the kitchen. <gasps> oh, where are they at? Let me go on your Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, and let me go off on them. Please. He's probably just mad because he don't know what to do in the kitchen himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Oh my! I seriously, I was trying to rise above, but the guy who told me to go home and be a dutiful wife, I just about retweeted it with you first. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> oh like, wow! I'm sure his wife above, wears the pants in that relationship. He right. probably doesn't have a wife. Oh my goodness! I can't. Uh, how do you? Let me ask you oh this: How do you like let that? Because it seems like you're letting that roll off your back, yes. like it doesn't matter. How do you? How do you deal with that? I'm a pretty calm and easygoing person. It's pretty hard to actually get under my skin to that level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, <laughs> I always tell my coworkers, I float between like a four and a six on the uh, temperament scale. <laughs> so if you if you get me below or above that, it's a pretty impressive feat. So um, comments like that don't really bother me. I had them when I first started speaking out about Donald, which was like the week that he joined the race. So, um, I commend you for not bothering you because it's making me angry right now. (laughs) Like it wasn't even me. (laughs) I know. I know. I think my, I think my friends on Twitter are actually angrier than I was. And so I've seen them replying like this morning. Um, I've had a lot of people write back saying, you know, how come when he was talking about other races and he was talking about Hispanics and he was talking about refugees, he didn't do anything. And I'm like, so I wrote back to this one lady this morning and said, take a look at my blog. I've dedicated more to minorities and refugees and, you know, the lives. I've dedicated more time to that than women at all. I think I've maybe made two posts about women in the last year and a half. So, you know, I told him to go back and immediately I, I had like 15 of my friends that were like, do research before you say something that's offensive. And yeah, I can just, you know, I can, I can justify that too. Yeah, I, I know that for a fact. Like I said, we, we both know each other and I know that you have been anti-Trump pretty much from the beginning. So, so yeah, yeah I can, I can vouch for you on that too. It's definitely been interesting. I mean, I've had so many liberals that have come back and said, um, you know, we may not agree on everything politically, but I hope that in this new conservative movement, it's people like you that we can, you know, converse with and that have values. And, you know, I'm humbled by it all because, you know, it's just incredible. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Have yeah. you heard any have you heard anything from any party officials? I, you know, Lindsey Graham. He actually tweeted out to, like, he, I think he, he retweeted my uh, thread, and then he tweeted out a story, I believe, too. So, and um, he said, I think this is, I don't remember the exact verbiage he used, but it was something like, this is the most heartfelt, um, I don't know, comments on the election or something like that. So he did, but I haven't heard back from anybody else. <laughs> the Libertarian Party. They, they oh, wow. <laughs> they're like come to our side so uh, So everybody's trying to win you over like a free agent in the nba or something they they are (laughs) i've had so many democrats you don't have a team (laughs) so real quick who are you voting for i am voting for evan mcmullen and mindy the independent candidate we have them as a write-in in wisconsin so yeah i'm pretty excited about that you know it's one of these things where everybody asks me, you know, hey, are you spoiling it and giving it to Hillary? And to be quite honest, if the election goes to Hillary instead of Trump, I still think that we're better off because I've been saying since the very beginning, we can either 
save ourselves from four years of Hillary or we can save the soul of the conservative movement, but I don't think that we can do both. So, wow. wow. Yeah, I, I just don't think that a President Trump leads to anything but death for uh, conservatism for quite a while. So, All right. Let everybody know uh, how to get in contact with you on your very popular social media and, uh, and let everybody know the website to your blog as well. Yep. The uh, website is collisionofchurchandstate.com. And my Twitter handle is mbglenn, with two N's. And you can also find me on Facebook um, through the Collision blog or my own Facebook. You can follow that, too, at Mary Beth Glenn. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show and spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. I know it's been a whirlwind uh, week for you, so get some rest. It has. Thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of The Outlaws. The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. This is Jessica Lavish with The Outlaws. We know that racism still exists in our country, but what about slavery? Human trafficking, a form of modern-day slavery, is where people profit from the control and exploitation of others by means of force, fraud, and coercion. Tragically, no country, community, or individual is immune from the vast injustice. Human trafficking is driven by demand. Instead of contributing to the problem, we can be part of the solution. If we eliminate the demand, we eliminate human trafficking. For more information, follow hashtag demand no more. Welcome back to The Outlaws. This is The Kingpin alongside Jessica Lavish and E. Will. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio and follow us on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. My goodness, we've had a packed show today. Man, Very busy. Yeah, so so first of all, we want to thank uh, Mary Beth Glenn. We want to thank Jason George from Grey's Anatomy and the wonderful Erica Alexander for joining us on the show uh, today that was really that was really dope and we hope that all of you enjoyed it thank you guys but for right now it's just little old us yeah. and we are going to uh, talk about a topic that jessica had actually brought up um, before the show started we were kind of bantering back and forth about it and i thought it was interesting enough to take to the air so let's do it go ahead jessica um, we were just discussing relationships and relation breaks in relationships if you believe in taking a break or not taking a break. What you think? Well, I mean, I've anytime I've ever been in that situation where it was like, let's take a break, uh, it never works. It never ends up working. You rarely, rarely end up getting back together. It's usually a breakup after that or somebody cheats or something like that. So I'm not really crazy about the the whole idea. Jessica, what do you think? Um, I mean, if you're going to be with me, there's no need for a break. Cause, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm kind of just perfect. You're perfect, huh? But yeah, no, if you're going to, if we're going to do a break, then we're going to break up and you'll never see me again. Cause I, I mean, I, some people need the breaks though. Some people believe in breaks. Some people think it works for the relationship. Me personally, you I wouldn't, I, I mean, I believe in them. Me personally, I wouldn't do one. If you're all for, I would suggest a break to people. 
<laughs> but you wouldn't do I, it. But though. I wouldn't do it. So but you I, would give somebody that advice, but you wouldn't take it just up. Yeah, I put LOL afterwards just so they know, just in case it fails not to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you put LOL just to. Well, like, you also said when things. we were talking about it, you said that sometimes you feel as though the cu- the couple or the relationship might need a break so they can have some space to so they, remember to why they loved each, each other. other exactly. Yeah, but it, does it ever work that way though? I don't know. I've never been in a break. Yeah, it. it in my experience, I've, it doesn't. I've work. never actually done one. Everybody that I know has done one. Well, they're no longer with that person anymore. Nah, right. <laughs> but I mean, but then, <laughs> but then sometimes that break makes you realize why am I with this person? I think most of the time it does that, or it's just delaying the inevitable. That's been in my situation. I think I've I've had a break situation like twice, and one of the times I did end up getting back with the girl, but it was just a it was just delaying the inevitable. You knew the relationship was was over, and you were just trying to figure out some way to kind of pretend like it wasn't over. You know what I mean? E, what do you think about uh, breaks? As the resident host that's in a relationship right now, <laughs> Jessica, why you put us on blast like that? I mean, that was disrespectful. Right. It wasn't disrespectful. I am in a Y'all are the smart ones. Y'all aren't in a relationship. <laughs> Dang. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, I guess I'm the big dummy. You uh, big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, I've been in that situation before. Ex of mine, you know. Has that ever worked for you? No. I mean, the, the specific example I have, you know, I thought everything was all copacetic. We were all, you know, cool. Everything was fine. They're doing posts on social media talking about oh my wonderful and amazing boyfriend this and that blah 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 and then the very next day gonna hit me with a handwritten letter talking about i think we need a break you know even though i know they don't usually don't work but i feel like you know it, you know what did it say it says something like oh uh i've never thought about cheating on you before but lately my mind has been wandering and that scares me because i don't want to hurt you but but then at the same time a couple of sentences later she's like but the thought of you being with another female makes me sick to my stomach wait what Right. So you, you've been thinking about other dudes. Like, houseway. But, but like, no, that's not how this works. So then I'm like, you know what? You know what? Don't string me along. Take it, take you a little bit of time. If we're going to work on it, we're going to work on it. If not, we're not. Just keep it real. I mean, but I have to respect her for the fact that, like, at least she took the break and didn't just cheat on you. No, to me, I felt like that was a cheap way to be able to go have sex with somebody yeah, else. Yeah, it is. And, and not have to feel guilty about it. Because a couple of days later, she went and had sex with a dude she lost her virginity to. Like, really? You couldn't just say, yo. And then I'm- she got on the the bus though right. that bus you, <laughs> you giving you it out for wait, somebody wait, who's on, making you take on, the Phil, bus hold on fill fill people out that was a conversation that we had that was a conversation other, we other had. people she in, got on the on air public didn't transportation yeah, go to go get the d who does that you you don't even you can't come and pick me up call me a cab meet me halfway walk to so my what's house your, to come. what's your You're rule not, you talked about that uh before the show what's your rule my rule is with dating somebody either you have a car i mean if you have a car and a house that's that's lovely but either you have a car or you have a house if you have nothing then you have nothing to do with me period or she like, said you gotta have one or the other one, or, one the or the other because i mean i understand i don't have my own house so i understand how you know things happen and i understand people get their license suspended for years or whatever so you don't need a car i have a car so that's cool but if you don't have one or the other then what are you doing with your life as a man you can't <laughs> even be a provider so to me to wrap it up um it, it, it don't work we either together or we not it ain't no in between yeah that's kind of my attitude too uh, i kind of feel that way too i mean once i get in a relationship my next relationship there's no breaking up with me i'm there forever you said that kind of crazy <laughs> she had the crazy eyes too when she yeah, said she that. You did. that? <laughs> i'm done i'm done with crazy women <laughs> stay th- you're a liar stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned we'll be right back with more of the outlaws the outlaws radio show on the fcb radio network 
My name is Rakim and I'm 16 years old. My name is Jamonte and I'm 15. My name is Ed and I'm 14. Why don't you smoke? You can lose one of your lungs and you can get a hole in your throat. The reason why I don't smoke, I play basketball and football and I have to get a lot of air in my lungs for me to able to run up and down the court and up and down the field. I think about what it does. What if I die earlier than I expect or what if things start to happen that I don't want to happen? A message from FCB Entertainment, the Eyes Have It Media Group, and Tobacco Free Kids. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside Jessica Lavish and E. Will. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio and follow us on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. And before we leave today, man, it's it's been crazy today. Yeah. So be- jam packed show. Yeah. Blessed. Be- before we leave today, we have a couple of things, a couple of more things that we gotta discuss, a couple more pieces of business to get to. Some business. First and foremost, I mean, we have to acknowledge the fact that Tommy from Martin has passed away. Yes, yes. Uh, that broke my heart, man. I was following you know what? What's ironic is two weeks ago, I actually reached out to his management to get him on the show. Oh wow. So That's crazy. Yeah, like it's it's really crazy, man. So I was like, oh. Yeah, prayers to you uh his family and uh it's so sad and we finally we know what he did on Martin. He man, did have a job. Peace. So he did have a job. He did have a job. It okay, was actually was in two job? episodes. Um Tisha Campbell, she came out and said on it's in quite a few websites, VH1, um XL magazine. But she came out and said that he was a counselor for the Boys and Girls Club, which in two episodes that was discussed, yeah. but then it was kind of like that's it right. Tommy ain't got no job you didn't see right you didn't see him there anymore or anything like right that. one of my funniest lines now I'm a big Martin fan if you follow me on social media you know that I watch like that's actually kind of how I relax when I get home I have a very intense day you know what I mean so I get home and and you know I try to sit and watch Martin on MTV too and one of my favorite lines on the job thing was it was the episode where they were going to invest in a restaurant and uh Tommy said that he knew some African brother who could invest in the in the restaurant. And it was somebody that he knew at his job. And Gina was like, you be quiet with your no job having ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great show. So sad. E, Unexpected. your memories of, uh, of Tommy? I mean, Tommy, Cole, Martin, I mean, all of them. Pam, Gina. Oh, Pam. That, that was <laughs> One of my favorite shows growing up, that and, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and all them. Yeah. But, you know, rest in peace to Tommy. Uh, prayers and thoughts go out to his family and friends and loved ones. It's sad that, you know, we lost another good person in the... Yeah, 2016 has sucked, bro. Yeah. yeah lost we've... another good person in the entertainment community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've lost, yeah, we've lost a lot. And, you know, it was, it was actually kind of uh, educational, too, in terms of men's health because they said that he had a... Uh, a abdominal aneurysm an aneurysm yes. in his stomach i didn't even know that you could have that Neither i've always I. i've always heard of people having aneurysms brain in the brain and yes. stuff but i didn't know and you know i was asking someone who's uh who works in the medical field and she's like yeah that's actually kind of common for for men above a certain age really? and stuff so so men go to the doctors yeah yeah Please. we are like the most stubborn people when it comes to going to doctors i'm yes. a man i hate going to the doctor i hate going to the doctor too i am not a man but i hate going to the doctor <laughs> oh, we know you're not a man. I, I, I bet you do hate going to the doctor because the stuff that y'all have to do legs up no <laughs> 
position. Maybe later you get the position of a pap smear. <laughs> <laughs> last words, E. Uh, just same thing as last time. Make sure you guys get out and vote this year. If you're in Ohio, you got those early ballot votes coming out. Uh, I don't care who you vote for. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to tell you who you should should vote for. <laughs> right, right. Uh, just do your part because, like I said last week, if you don't vote and then I hear you complaining about who got in as president, I'm slapping you. Right. You On site. You, you have no room to we had a lot of We had a lot of vote conversation today, didn't we? Um, yes, we did. Yeah. And as always, you know, I love y'all. Thanks for listening. Deuces. Miss Lavish. Um, you know, I got to end in a Gucci quote, which Gucci, if you're listening, please, I, I sent you an email like your people, you know, please. I'm like your biggest fan. I didn't put that in the email. Yes, though, you got to do creepy. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Like, that's kind of stand. I would be so heartbroken if I don't get to interview you. I think I might cry. Yeah, I you got to come on the show, Gucci. I am going to your show, though, November 20th. Tickets are on sale. Anyway, sorry, like free publicity. But I got to <laughs> end in my Gucci quote. And it is from his song, Back on Road with Drake. Um, I'm my only competition, so I'm battling with myself. Facing prison drug drug addiction, it's like I'm battling with myself. I done shook up off my demons, now I'm back to myself. That actually wasn't too bad. Yeah, actually, I think that's the first quote of his you dropped that I kind of like. Yeah. No, I, I I dropped some inspirational ones in the beginning now. Okay. <laughs> I got one I really want to say, but you I know, can't say it on air. You know what? Right. That that was actually like way wrong. Like, I like yeah, that. that was that was a, a, you, a pretty good line. If you actually. don't know that song, Back on Road, with featuring Drake, you got to listen to it. It's Is that like, new? It's, yeah, it's off, his, off of his latest mixtape. Okay. But it's like so dope. And make I will sure check you, it out. And make sure you go get Waptober when it drops. All right, we're out of here. We'll see you next week. Peace, Peace. Chicken grease. Now you just said that you had it with show business, right? And don't you have to be to work in the morning? I should be asking you that, brother. <laughs> I thought we were boys, man. Why, why, why didn't you tell me? Because I didn't want you clowning me, man. I didn't tell anybody. Hey, I didn't even tell the people on my job. Oh, damn. Tommy, don't uh-huh. go to the job. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Lying, man, about having a damn job, Tommy. I sent my resume out to a lot of agents. Uh-huh. I mean, they all know me, so everybody knows me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Whatever you say. That's right. That's Meanwhile, right. why don't you give me your resume, okay? I'll take it to work with me. See, we got some openings coming up. Tommy! What? Come, what? Come on, man. Why, why you gonna lie to the brother, man? No, no. I'm, man, come on, man. You know you ain't got no job, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Man, Coco, don't worry about it, all right? Man, look. If you can't find any work... I'll put in a good word for you, my job. You ain't got no job, man! <laughs>